It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, we are getting our groove on as we have the Emperor getting a new groove, some gremlins in the wings, some lightsabers are flying around, and even Porky Pig is stuttering his way to laughter because we have none other than voice actor Bob Bergen stopping in here at the show. That's right, for show number 115. For the week of September 3rd, 2015, we have all kinds of fun as we have voice actor veteran Bob Bergen stopping in here at the show. Bob has voiced a variety of characters, many that you know over time, most notably as the current voice since 1990 of Porky Pig. That's right, from Tiny Toon Adventures all the way through all the latest Looney Tunes fun, he portrays the one and only iconic Porky Pig as he took over the reins from the one and only Mel Blanc. In addition, he portrays Luke Skywalker in every LucasArts video game, as well as Luke Skywalker in the Robot Chicken series. You also know him as Wembley Fraggle from the Fraggle Rock animated series Comet from the Santa Claus films, and also Bucky the Squirrel from The Emperor's New Groove, Kronk's New Groove, and The Emperor's New School, as well as many, many other voices, some of which we're going to be touching pace upon. I mean, he has a great career. And Bob Bergman is going to be stopping in, taking a break from doing his voice work, and chatting with all of us D-heads here this week. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. You have questions and he has answers and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We also have Paige back taking a deeper look into that new groove from the Emperor in this week's Magical Music Review. We have Jason stepping deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection and we have Nathan taking that trip down just what happened this week in Disney history. And let's not forget the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW2 with our very own Caitlin. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-wire from Forest Friday, the Walt Disney Parks, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Toys, and so much more. So before I officially kick off the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spend it on what else? All those souvenirs. So definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsors of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. We are definitely kicking it off for this extended weekend. And because it is the extended Labor Day weekend, what better way to kick off the show with all those seven little men who always are hard at work, hard at labor, digging for those diamonds in the mines. Be right back, all of you D-heads, and let's officially kick off show number 115 for the week of September 3rd, 2015. Hi-ho, hi-ho, I am ready for this show to go. Be right back, all VD heads. I hope, I to make your troubles go. Just keep on singing all day long. I hope, I hope, I hope. 
you feeling low You positively can't go wrong With high, high high-ho, high-ho It's home from work we go, yes High-ho, high-ho Seven in a row With a high, high ho kingdom ruled by a young emperor. Ha! Boom, baby! He had a serious attitude. You threw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the emperor's groove. Sorry! An evil advisor. By the way, you're fired. I'll take over and rule the empire. And one major problem. I'll just poison him with this. Uh. Hey, Kronk, can you top me off, pal? Be a friend? <laughs> A llama? He's supposed to be dead! Yeah, weird. Take him out of town and finish the job! Now, his only hope is a humble peasant. Demon llama! Demon llama? Where? Ah! You kidnapped me! Why would I kidnap a llama? You're the criminal mastermind, not me. What? Tell me Cusco's dead. Ow! Well, he's not as dead as we would have hoped. Uh-oh. No, 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 break. You're safe now. <laughs> or not. No touching. Why did I risk my life for a selfish brat like you? Now I feel really bad. Bad llama. Ooh, why me? The Emperor's got a new look. <laughs> a 
new partner. We're gonna have to work together to get out of this. You know, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy, or this would be really difficult. <laughs> and a brand new groove. Walt Disney Pictures presents <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. Uh-oh. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! And dictators, political manipulators. There are bluebirds with the intellects of fleas. There are kings and petty tyrants who are so lacking in refinements. Baby, better see this ringing from the tree. He was born and raised to rule. No one has ever been as cool in a thousand years of aristocracy. An enigma and a mystery. In Mesoamerican history, the quintessence of perfection, that is he. He's the Sarvalot of the nation, he's the hippest dude in creation. He's a cat in the emperor's new clothes. He's a such selected reading, generations have been leading to this miracle of life that we all know. What's his name? Captain Creation He's the Alpha, the Omega, A to Z And there's perfect world with them Around his every little whim Cause this perfect world begins and ends with What's his name? Cusco! Bob Bergen, you're listening to Disney On Demand. This is Porky Pig, and you're listening to Disney On Demand, folks. But I'm not from Disney. Oh, whatever. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoy the official kickoff for show number 115 for the week of September 3rd, 2015, and we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. As I mentioned, we have Porky Pig himself, Comet from the Santa Claus movies, as well as Bucky the Squirrel from the Emperor's New Groove, and so much more, voice actor veteran Bob Bergen stopping in here at the show. 
In addition, we have the D team here with Aaron Page, Jason, Nathan, and Caitlin all stopping in and all kinds of fun, including news on the horizon. So before I jump into that news hot off the D wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, that's B-L-U. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com. In addition, you can always subscribe to our show with Stitcher and iTunes. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, all three of which will help you find our show where you can subscribe and get it right there in your feed every single week as the newest shows get released. So definitely check it out. And like I said, all of these can be found on DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-wire. I'm going to keep it just moving right along here as we're back in action here. And how about a Texas man getting 17 years in prison for the fake Disney Park scam? Yes, you may remember back in about February or March, we reported this here in our show, but now a man has been sentenced to 17 and a half years in prison for swindling investors for a fake story about a Walt Disney theme park in northern Texas. Now, the judge also ordered Thomas Lucas Jr. of Plano, Texas to pay over $8.4 million in restitution this last Tuesday. Now, Lucas was convicted on seven counts of wire fraud and one account of making false statements to the FBI. Now, prosecutors say Lucas defrauded more than 280 investors out of over $20 million from 2006 to 2010. Now, those who paid for the land in Collin and Denton counties were told it was on the edges of a future Disney theme park. Now, investors were hoping to sell the land for developers and make a profit once Disney made the announcement. Now, the Walt Disney Company has denied any such rumors, and he has now been sentenced to over 17 years in prison as he pocketed over, I think it was like $250,000 to $400,000 in commissions off of these sales. Now, moving right along here and talking about hot commodities and properties, how about Downtown Disney? And how about Downtown Disney's Morimoto Asia set to open for September 30th. Yes, the highly anticipated opening date for Downtown Disney's Morimoto Asia has officially been announced for September 30th of this year. Now, the restaurant is the product of a collaboration between Chef Morimoto and the Patina Restaurant Group. Now, the Downtown Disney Eatery will be Chef Morimoto's first pan-Asian restaurant. Now, according to the release, Morimoto's Asian eye-catching 36-foot tall two-story layout has been designed by Studio V Architecture. It includes lounges, dining spaces, and an exhibition kitchen that allows guests a behind-the-scenes glimpse at the culinary action. Now, the second-level sushi bar and lounge have a separate entrance altogether. Now, Morimoto Asia will debut as part of The Landing, one of four new neighborhoods in the Disney Springs at Walt Disney World Resort. Now, the menu will feature Chef Morimoto's take on his favorite Asian flavors, including Mushu Pork, Peking duck, lobster chow, and sweet and sour crispy whole fish, and kung pao chicken. 
Now, a variety of Asian-infused dishes are going to be available, and the restaurant will also feature a 14-seat sushi bar, which will offer sushi and other options from around the world. Now, Asian beverages and beers are also going to be offered. This sounds fantastic. It sounds like fun, and it really is moving the landing into the next step. Now, as they have officially announced, I'm excited to create a menu that allows so many of my favorite Asian flavors to come alive all in one place, said Chef Morimoto himself. I hope the guests at Morimoto Asia have as much fun eating this food as I have creating it. Now, it is going to be open daily from 11.30 a.m. to 2 a.m., serving lunch and dinner and a weekend brunch with dim sum that will be available. If you want to find out more about this, definitely check it out at morimotoasia.com, and it is coming September 30th to Downtown Disney as part of the all-new Disney Landings. Now, pushing right along here in news, I'm going to keep the news keep flowing because we've been off for some time, we've been off for summer, so... I got to get back into giving you guys the news here at the show. It's, you know, it, it takes a while to just get in that habit of doing news and two and a half months off of not giving you news. You know, it's a little overwhelming, but pushing right along here, let's get into the small screen. And how about the Disney Channel? And how about Disney Channel announcing an all new Lab Rats and Mighty Med spinoff series? Yes, get ready for the ultimate Lab Rats and Mighty Med mashup. Now, Disney XD has officially greenlit Lab Rats Elite Force, an all new spinoff series which will bring together the cast of both Lab Rats, Bionic Island, and Mighty Med. Now, Lab Rats Elite Force will essentially merge the two series into one gigantic series with both Lab Rats, Bionic Island, and Mighty Med set to wrap up their runs in conclusion with their current series. Now, Disney XD is bringing together some of its most popular characters to assemble this series and really flush it out. They're going to have all their key players, all the key people that everybody has come to know and love. And I know my kids, they really do love the Disney XD shows. They are fantastic, and everybody really does love it. Now, just how is Disney XD planning on bringing the two series together? Well, after Mighty Mad has been destroyed by a group of unknown supervillains, Kaz, Oliver, and Skylar will partner up with Chase and Bree to develop an elite force which combines bionic heroes and superheroes. Now, the elite force will work to track down the villains responsible for Mighty Med's destruction while also fighting to protect the world. Now, Peterson and Moore are set to executive produce this series, which hails from its Laugh Again Productions, and production on the new series is expected to begin this October, with Disney XD aiming for an early 2016 premiere date. Now, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's just a good way to keep things rolling, as Disney XD really is a great outlet for many men and boys, I, I guess men, you know, whatever, I watch it too, why not? But for many men and boys to really enjoy and embrace these, but Lab Rats and Muddy Meds are getting joined up. Now, since we are talking about television shows here, as I am getting winded, and I will explain why my voice is so raspy here, all VD heads. How about Girl Meets World Season 2 has all new Mark Cuban aboard for a guest spot? Yes, Girl Meets World fans are currently on the loop when it comes to their favorite series. Now, the Disney series will be taking a break, and they won't be airing until the 11th of September. But after the series return, the viewers can be expecting something new. Disney will be releasing the installation called Girl Meets I Am Farkle. Now, the new installment will be reviving characters from the Boy Meets World series. Now, numerous new sites have been releasing updates regarding this episode and having a variety of things where Shark Tank's investor Mark Cuban is going to be joining the series as well. Now, the Dallas Mavericks owner will also guest star as himself on an upcoming episode as well. Now, in this return episode, Girl Meets I Am Farkle, the installation will be unveiling Farkle's life story. Boy Meets World actor Lee Norris, portrayed by the role of Minkus, will be playing Fargo's father. Now, the new episode also sparks the fans' excitement as they unveiled who his mother is. And it is also going to be covering autism 
And that's going to be tackled as well, which is a definite big subject in today's society as well with many autistic children, great causes. Now, The Girl Meets World Season 2, Episode 15, Girl Meets I Am Farkle, is going to be airing on September 11th, and the series is going to go on. I mean, seriously, they're going to have Jennifer Bissett making a guest appearance once again and so much more. So if you are ready, September 11th, Mark Cuban on a board for a guest spot for the Shark Tank. We also are going to be tackling autism and so much more as Girl Meets World does not cease to impress. And finally here, all of you D-heads, one more thing on the Disney Channel before I move on to other items here. And how about E1 Family has an all-new licensing program that they're going to have, and Disney is going to debut E1's new kids' show, PJ Masks. Yes, Entertainment One Family's new CGI animated series, PJ Masks, is gearing up to make an international debut on Disney Channel's this fall. Now, the new series will air on Disney Channel and Disney Junior in the United States on Friday, September 18th, before making its way to France later on in the year. Now, produced by E1 and Frogbox, in collaboration with the award-winning French animation studio Team T.O., the series is inspired by the popular children's books. Now, the series of the published titles have enjoyed all kinds of notoriety in France, and now Disney is thinking that this is going to be a great investment and a great venture for television for the Disney Channel. Now, they have plans to release all kinds of new titles over the next couple years. Now, as they've released, our new landmark property, PJ, brings popular superhero themes to preschool audience, and we are incredibly excited about the upcoming premiere on Disney Junior and France, said Oliver Dunmont, managing and director of E1 Family. PJ Masks is in a winning combination. Both preschool boys and girls will love the empowerment of the show's heroic fantasy-based storylines while being able to relate to the central themes of friendship and teamwork. Now, this is going to be a fantastic thing for many kids, and, you know, okay, why not introduce superheroes to the children because let's face it it is not appropriate to uh, pretty much have the kids watching you know Marvel movies that are rated PG-13 and R so I think this is a great way to introduce them to it now all of you D heads before I get into a couple more news I'll take a break here and you're gonna wonder why my voice is so scratchy why am I all over the place that's because I'm recording news here live while I'm waiting for Force Friday yes I have been talking to so many people it is late at night and I am recording news here live while I am waiting at Myers. Yes, I am waiting at a Myers for Force Friday. It is going to be fun. Now, I know many people are going to be covering Force Friday, but let's just say I have my sights on a variety of different things. Some of the uh, three and three quarter action figures, maybe that all new robotic BB-8. That is definitely something I want to get my hands on. That BB-8 is looking fantastic. I need to get my hands on that one as well. But I am going ahead and I am waiting in line and I am doing this and I'm recording news here on the fly. So if it doesn't seem like I have tons of news, it's because I'm doing it on the fly from what I remember all of you D-heads. So it is definitely fun. But there's a lot of things that they're all already unloading on the shelves as it is probably about 10 to 12 right now. I've seen some new lightsabers. I've seen some three and three quarter figures. I've seen some die cast metal. I've also seen the all new Millennium Falcon Lego set where it has the older Han with the white hair. Um, there's a stuffed Chewbacca I've seen. There's also the mashup series, which eh, those aren't too impressive here. Um, and then also it looks like there's also an Empire Luke Skywalker part of the figures, which I don't understand that connection. Uh, there's a lot of great clothing merchandise I'm already noticing. Some good tumblers here, some posters, and I already see them loading up the shelves with uh, those BB-8 remotes. I mean, how many of you want these BB-8s? They look fantastic. 
Um, but I will bring you more because as I continue on here in the show, I'm sure I'm going to be picking it up and checking out. So continuing on with news here, um, let's one more thing before I release the reins to the D team. And how about Dean Jones? Yes, Dean Jones has passed away at the age of 84. Now, everybody knows Dean Jones as Disney's favorite go-to guy in the 70s and the 80s. And he has passed away from complications of Parkinson's disease. And he was 84 years old. That's right. You may know him from such films as From That Darn Cat, The Ugly Dachshound, as well as the Herbie the Love Bug series, and so many more. As well as being Disney's go-to guy for many of these series. He made everybody laugh. He definitely was a staple for Disney in the 70s and 80s. Now the love bug really did set the tone. Everybody knows Herbie and they know Dean Jones and even when he made his return and Herbie goes to Monte Carlo where he had Don Knotts along with him and many other things. I mean everybody loved Dean Jones. He was a man that made you laugh. He just made things silly and fun. I mean, like I said, so many great movies that he has been a part of. It has been fantastic. So with that, I'm going to close out news here right now, a little bit shorter, like I said. And before I do that, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC. DashRental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So go ahead, save up to 60% and purchase those unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members at DVC-Rental.com dot com the official sponsor of Diz radio so all of you d heads with that said lots of things like i said i'm kind of all over the place here just uh you know a little add going on in my head with trying to remember all the news and everything else and wait here for force friday losing my voice talking to other disney fans and star wars fans but with that you have questions he has answers and aaron's going to answer all your questions and i want to know we have nathan taking a look back at this week in Disney history, and we have Caitlin with the latest with WDWN2 with the latest happening at the Walt Disney World Resorts. So all kinds of fun, and in memory of Dean Jones passing away here this week at the age of 84, we're going to bow our heads and remember that darn cat. Be right back, all VD heads. Watch out! There he is! Oh! It's coming at Christmas time from Walt Disney. It's Walt Disney's hilarious new comedy motion picture, That Darn Cat. Yes, watch out when this cool cat on his nightly neighborhood prowl happens in on this hapless victim of a kidnapping. Held captive by this bumbling pair of riotous rat finks. And be on the watch for a watch that's loaded with intrigue when that darn cat gets tagged with a timely SOS for help. Then watch out for the wildest when it's Haley Mills who gets the message. DC's wearing a wristwatch. When she collars that flabbergasted FBI man, Dean Jones. When she clobbers romance for Dorothy Provine. I want my duck! Then Haley goes underground to become a self-appointed super agent for the FBI. Touching off the giddiest game of gumshoe a go-go that ever bugged the trail of an undercover cat. That darn cat. Then stand by for action when she kibitzes with the chief of federal security. Kelso, I want you to set up a surveillance and tail this cat. Tail the cat? There he goes. It's a cataclysmic comedy riot. Hot on the track of the coolest undercover cat that ever foiled a kidnapping. Come back here, you darn cat! 
Watch out! For that darn cat. It's a cataclysmic comedy riot from Walt Disney. That cat. It's coming at Christmas time from Walt Disney. While the city sleeps every night, he creeps just surveying his domain. He roams around like he owns the town. He's the king, he makes that plain. He knows every trick, doesn't miss a lick when it comes to keeping fat. Some city slicker, no one is quicker than a bad darn cat. Every nook and cranny and garbage can he inspects so thoroughly. When he's on his rounds, nothing's out of bounds to his curiosity. He can't smile and purr at a pretty hurt till she don't know where she's at. Nose like a geiger, oh what a tagger's a bad dawn. He's a sly old codger, an artful dodger, a scrounger unsurpassed. A ball of fire, a nine live wire who just can't be outclassed. Yeah, this midnight rover, he lives in clover. It's an art he's got down pat. I never was a greater smooth operator than that darn cat. Now our cat's been paid every accolade And he's earned all his acclaim In a blaze of glory He ends our story in the feline hall of fame By the way life goes in a year who knows From the family he begat You may wind up with one of Maybe the son of A bat darn cat a bat darn cat So now you've heard the tale I tell That's T-A-L-E, not T-A-I-L I'm talking about the tale of bat darn cat Hey, this is John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy And you're listening to Disney On Demand You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Aaron Nichols from Dallas, Texas, and he writes, Aaron and I want to know, my question is about the Disney film Tall Tale. How many myths and stories were portrayed in the film? Is it out on DVD? And did the boy pursue any other acting? Thank you for your help. 
Well, Tall Tale, The Unbelievable Adventures of Pecos Bill was released in 1995. It's about a young boy who draws on the inspiration of legendary western characters to find the strength to fight an evil land baron in the Old West who wants to steal his family's farm and destroy their community. When Daniel Hackett sees his father gravely wounded by the villainous Styles, his first urge is for his family to flee the danger and give up their life on the farm, which Daniel hates anyway. Going alone to a lake to try to decide what to do, he falls asleep on a boat and wakes to find himself in the Wild West, in the company of such tall tale legends as Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and Calamity Jane. Together they battle the same villains Daniel is facing in his real world, ending with a heroic confrontation in which the boy stands up to Styles and his henchmen and rallies his neighbors to fight back against land grabbers who want to destroy their town. This movie was released on DVD and is available for purchase through Disney Movie Club. It's also on Amazon on DVD and digital download. As far as the actor that played the boy, Daniel Hackett, Nick Stahl is still an actor who's been in about two dozen movies since Tall Tale. His biggest role was his John Connor in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Our next question is from Yvette, a mother of two, and she writes, Disney On Demand? Just love the show and the team. I was thinking back to my youth and the Magic Kingdom. I recall getting Disney World pins for free from the staff. All I had to do was ask. Is that still something you can do at Town Hall? Are there any other little free things like that you can get from cast members as well? We're planning a trip in October, so trying to think ahead. You all rock the show and thanks. Well, as with a lot of the free stuff at Disney World, it's up to the discretion of the cast members. You can almost always get stickers from cast members, but there's always a chance you can get a free dessert or a free room upgrade. I know you can still get the buttons from guest services for such milestones as just married, birthdays, first visit, and other things. As far as the pins, I don't think they give them out for free, but I know that pin trading is still available. As far as other freebies, I think you can still get the free transportation trading cards if you ask on the different forms of transportation. Counter service restaurants always offer free water. You get five collectible cards for Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom for each ticket. A lot of times you can get candy samples at the Main Street Confectionery. And you can stop at the Harmony Barbershop there on Main Street and they will sprinkle pixie dust in your kid's hair. But as I said before, it's at the cast member's discretion to give out various free items. It's really just a luck of the draw. Well, our final question this week is from Greg Friederson of Atlanta, Georgia, and he writes, Question for the podcast. Listen to a few, and it got me wondering about a few TV shows from when I was a kid, especially your last show with the Torkelson's clip. How many seasons did the Torkelsons run? Someone told me there was a name change to the show, yet I only, I've only seen the Torkelsons. And is the one kid Molly from Boy Meets World? Torkelsons aired on NBC from September 21, 1991 to June 6, 1993. It was produced by Walt Disney Television for the first season and Touchstone Television for the second season. 
For the second and final season, the series was retooled and renamed Almost Home. The series lasted a total of two seasons, consisting of 33 episodes. The show followed a single mother of five and her struggles to make ends meet in Pyramid Corners, Oklahoma. In the second season, called Almost Home, two of the kids are gone and the mom moves to Seattle to become a nanny for a single father and his two kids. Brittany Murphy played Molly Morgan in Almost Home. She also played Trini Martin in two episodes of Boy Meets World in 1995. I must confess that this is one show I missed out on. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. And their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. The Disney Channel is going to the country. As sweet as a peach in the summertime. To meet an average American family. Hello? Simple folk. Yay, yay! With simple needs. She going out with right now. I'm currently available. Good, good. <laughs> well, I'm like totally offended. They're part of our new Monday night lineup. The doctor who makes house calls, it's a small backward town. The Torkelsons, every Monday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. A start in every high school play Blew every drama teacher away Graduated first in my class at Juilliard Took every acting workshop I could And I dreamed of Hollywood While I read my Uta Hagen And studied the Bard Hit the boards and paid my dues And got phenomenal rave reviews I knew the world was gonna love me Without a doubt I was sure Cruise ride, 
of angry men But instead I'm here telling these lame jokes again and again and again and again and again and again and here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. A lot has happened since our summer break, some of which included some really big parks news. I'm sure you've all heard about Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land. We're definitely excited about it here at Dis Radio. In Disney Springs news, Morimoto Asia has set its opening date to September 30th, so we only have a few short weeks to wait before we get to taste the delicious Pan-Asian offerings at the newest waterfront dining destination. They'll start accepting reservations through OpenTable on the 16th, and you can call into the restaurant directly to make reservations on opening day. If you're a fan of the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater, you're really going to love what they've got in store this fall. Starting November 1st, they'll be open for an out-of-this-world breakfast. It will be served from 8 to 10.15 a.m., and you can make reservations by calling 407-WDW-DINE. If you want prime viewing for the Eat to the Beat concert series this fall, you're in luck because you can now make a FastPass Plus reservation for exactly that. See Air Supply, Boys to Men, Hanson, or American Idol winner David Cook up close and personal each night of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. For the full concert schedule, check out the Walt Disney World website and search Eat to the Beat. Speaking of music, the Night of Joy concert schedule has been announced. This year, the event is on September 11th and 12th and includes heavy hitters like Jeremy Camp, Mercy Me, Toby Mac, Mandisa, Skillet, Big Daddy Weave, and so many more. Tickets are $65 for one night and $115 for two, and you can visit nightofjoy.com for more info. And last but not least, the cutest dolls have been released at the parks. They're called Disney Attractionistas, and you have to see them to believe how adorable they are. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly!
Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Diz Radio history with show number 20 from September of 2012, featuring none other than Mr. John Ratzenberger, Mac himself. He had many roles outside of Disney, such as lovable postman Cliff, on TV's Cheers, but many of us love him for his comic portrayals and running jokes, gags, and appearances in Disney and Pixar movies. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 2015 with a recent one this week, when on September 1st, 2015, at 84 years old, Disney legend, comedic actor, and all-time childhood favorite Dean Jones unfortunately passing away from a prolonged fight with Parkinson's. Dean's laundry list of accomplishments are vast and admirable. His Disney credits include the Love Bug and Herbie series, That Darn Cat, The Shaggy DA, Blackbeard's Ghost, The Million Dollar Duck, Monkeys Go Home, The Ugly Dachshund, and The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit. Obviously his screen accomplishments are much more vast and include many more, but this is just a sample of his talented works. Here's to you, Dean. Thanks for the memories and laughs all these years. Now on to some brief Disney history over the years, starting out in 1875 when Edgar Rice Burroughs, the creator of Tarzan and one of the great pioneers of modern science fiction, is born in Chicago, Illinois. In 1908, actor Fred McMurray is born in Kankakee, Illinois. His Disney film credits include The Shaggy Dog, The Absent-Minded Professor, Bon Voyage, Son of Flubber, Follow Me Boys, and The Happiest Millionaire. Also in 1987, he was the very first recipient of the Disney Legends Award. Moving on to 1911, Walt Disney began attending Benton Grammar School located at 3004 Benton Boulevard in Kansas City, Missouri after recently moving with his family from Marceline, Missouri. In 1924, Buddy Hackett, famed comedian, actor, and 2003 Disney legend honoree, is born in Brooklyn, New York. He portrayed Tennessee Steinmetz in the 1969 live-action feature The Love Bug and supplied the voice for Scuttle as well in both The Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. In 1927, the very first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon, Trolley Troubles, created by Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks, is released. Moving on to 1929, legendary comedian actor Bob Newhart, the voice of Bernard, the mouse in Disney's The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under is born in Oak Park, Illinois. In 1933, Eddie Carroll, the second voice of Jiminy Cricket, is born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. In 1938, Walt and Roy Disney place a $10,000 deposit on a 51-acre tract on Buena Vista Street in Burbank, California. They will use this land in the future to build a new modern studio thanks to the success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Moving on a few years later, in 1962, voice actor D. Bradley Baker is born in Indiana. You may recognize his voice from many talents, such as Perry the Platypus for Disney Channel's Phineas and Ferb, and his Disney credits also include The Replacements, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Lilo and Stitch the Cartoon Series, The Higley Town Heroes, The Emperor's New School, Frankenweenie, and, and Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Also, fans of Nickelodeon and SpongeBob SquarePants will recognize him as Squilliam Fancyson. In 1966, Disneyland's Flying Saucers attraction, located in Tomorrowland, closes after only five years being in operation. 
1998, the syndicated TV series Disney's Hercules premiered with the episode Hercules and the Apollo Mission, telling the tale of Herc's early years in school. In 2001, Disney's new theme park, Tokyo Disney Sea, has had its grand opening at the Tokyo Disney Resort. With over 20 attractions being featured here, it's Disney's second theme park in Japan and ninth in the world. The park has a nautical theme and is broken up into seven districts. The park's two iconic symbols are the Disney Sea Aquasphere, which is a water fountain located near the entrance, and a gigantic volcano, Mount Prometheus, which is located in the center of the park. In 2005, Disney Editions released Ridley Pearson's The Kingdom Keepers, the first in a series of novels. And we're going to end this week in history D-Heads with 2014, when Disney's American Idol experience wrapped up its five-year run with the final show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Disney's American Idol The Experience originally opened on Valentine's Day five years earlier. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at nathan at dizradio.com. And as always, guys, have a great week, and see you real soon. Out there is a world outside of Yonkers, way out there beyond this hick town, Barnaby. There's a slick town, Barnaby. Out there, full of shine and full of sparkle. Close your eyes and see it. Listen, Barnaby. Listen, Barnaby. On your Sunday clothes, there's lots of world out there. Get out the brilliant teen and dime cigars. We're gonna find adventure in the evening air. Girls in white and a perfume night with the lights are bright as the stars. Put on your Sunday clothes, we're gonna ride through town in one of those new horse-drawn open cars. We'll see the shows at Delmonico's and we'll close the town in a world and we won't come home until... Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and thank you, Aaron, Nathan, and Caitlin, all for stopping in here once again with your signature segments. And remember, D-Heads, you can always connect up with the D-Team at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, shoot them an email, get to know them, and have all kinds of fun. So definitely get to know the D-Team. They want to hear from you. So thank you, D-Team, for stopping in here. So with that said, before we have the one and only voice of Porky Pig, Comet from the Santa Claus series, as well as Wembley Fraggle from the Fraggle Rock animated series, Luke Skywalker from the LucasArts games and Robot Chicken, and so much more. Bob Bergen stopping in here very shortly, as well as more from the D-Team with Paige and Jason. I am done with my Force Friday shopping. Yes, I am done. I got a lot of figures, a lot of three and three quarter figures. I got Kylo Ren. I got Captain Phasma. I got Poe. I got a variety of different characters. Let's just say probably about 12 of them or so. I also got an in-store display going on saying Force Friday was coming at midnight. A couple of t-shirts for my boys, as well as some figures that came with their vehicles as well, with some first order snowtroopers and stormtroopers. 
And I also did pick up two of the BB-8s. Yes, I gave in and purchased two of the robotic BB-8s. I am exhausted, D-Heads. So I did pick up some, but what did you pick up on Force Friday? This is going to be huge. It's going to be fun. So with that, I'm keeping it really short. I know normally I give you a lot more here at the show, but I'm just keeping it short. That seriously, I am exhausted, I'm tired, and I gotta gear up because we have Bob Bergen stopping in here very shortly as well. So I am exhausted and Bob Bergen's gonna be stopping in here. So we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. But next week, I'll be back with lots of news, tons of news. But we have all kinds of fun on the horizon as we have Bob Bergen stopping in here very shortly. We have Paige stopping in with a magical music review and Jason going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection. All kinds of great things stopping in here at the show. So all VD heads, with that said, I am going to go ring out my Force Friday selections here and get back into the studio instead of the remote so I can talk with Bob Bergen here very shortly as well. So with that said, all VD heads, I will be back. Sorry for cutting it short, but it is fun. It's great to be back and we have all kinds of things on the horizon for show number 115 for the week of September 3rd, soon to be September 4th, 2015. Be right back, all VD heads, and when I do, we're going to have Bob Bergen here on the line. Cooper. And their dealings with. Dressed envelope to. Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Yeah, tell me about it. No, no. It's not you. She's not the easiest person to get close to. There's a wall there. Trust me. Are you talking to that squirrel? I was a junior chipmunk, uh, and I had to be versed in all the woodland creatures. Please continue. Uh, why me? Why me? Why? It doesn't always have to be about you. This poor little guy's had it rough. Seems the talking llama gave him a hard time the other day. Oh, uh, talking llama? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> Ah, uh, he doesn't really want to talk to you. Well, then you ask him. <sighs> Hate being in the middle. Squeaky, uh, squeak, squeaker, squeaking. Jaguars, no kidding. Brutal. Ah, uh, could you give us a little room here? Oh, sorry. A little bit more, please. How is this? Yeah, that's good. Now ask him which way the talking llama went. Ah, uh, squeakity squeak. Squeaking. Hi there. Just wanted to welcome you to my show starring me, Cusco. So, no changing the channel, understand? No changing. Okay, theme music. It's all about me.
friends, I thought this was all about me. <laughs> Spell my name again. Dressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down the Turn to the dark side and join me. I'll never join you. You killed my father. No, Luke. I am your father. That's not true. That's impossible. And Princess Leia is your sister. That's not true. That's improbable. And the Empire will be defeated by Ewoks. That's very unlikely. And as a child, I built C-3PO. Huh? And the Force? Well, that's just microscopic bacteria in your bloodstream called midichlorians. Look, if you're not going to take this seriously, I'm out. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are the people who are behind the microphone bringing those characters to life. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of you. If you know things like The Emperor's New School, Wally, Looney Tunes, Porky Pig, Curious George, or even Luke Skywalker on all those infamous video games and more... We have none other than voice actor, man of many thousands of voices, Bob Bergen here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. It is my pleasure. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume, uh, it continues to impress. You have so many different, uh, you know, everything from films and television and commercials, you name it. But your story of how you got into voice work is definitely very unique. I guess share that with our listeners first off as to how you got into this wonderful, illustrious career. Well, my goal was to actually work for that other company, Warner Brothers, um, and I, you know, fortunately <laughs> did work for Disney eventually, but, uh, I know I always wanted to be Porky Pig since I was a little boy, and, um, I was lucky enough that my dad took a job in Los Angeles when I was about 14, moved the family from the Midwest, and I just, I picked up the telephone, and I called Mel Blank, and, uh, rec- I crashed a recording session, and, uh, watched him work, and realized, okay, he's still doing it, I gotta study this business, and, Started taking voiceover classes from 14 to 18 and acting classes and improv classes and got my first agent a week out of high school. And um, it took me about five years of hit or miss auditioning uh, before I was able to make a living at this. But, uh, you know, for me, it was like a nine-year journey from first voiceover class to making a living as a voice actor. And I've been doing Porky Pig now since 1990. So um, it's, I've been I've been I've been fortunate. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where it is a journey. It's one of those where hard work has to pay off. You don't just fall into anything. Now, looking back at those early parts of your career, is there a one or two of maybe those uh, first voices you did, or sound effects, or you name it in the booth, where you were just kind of like, "Wow, this this is actually happening. This is my dream, and uh, I'm really here doing it." I got to be honest. Jonathan, I, that hasn't left. I mean, I, I worked this week at Warner Brothers, and I, every time I would drive on the lot, or every time I drive on the Disney lot or the DreamWorks lot, I still have that "look what I get to do" feeling. And you know, I've been doing it now forever, and that sort of like "holy cow" doesn't doesn't leave. But I think no matter what it is you do in life, whether it's medicine or law, 
or teaching, if you don't get that same butterfly, oh my God, I get to do what I love feeling, do something else because life's too short. Definitely. You know, and I can only imagine those kind of feelings when you're driving onto the lots and you've portrayed so many great characters. And of course, you know, of the most prominent, uh, Porky Pig. I guess everybody loves Porky Pig. I mean, so iconic. Um, what was it like landing that role? How hard was it? And what's it like to this day knowing that, all right, I'm, I'm now Porky Pig? Well, I'd, I'd wanted to be Porky Pig since I was five, and I was fortunate enough to be in the business when Mel Blanc passed away. He passed away in 1989. I was working. I already had a few series on the air and lots of commercials, and Warner Brothers just held auditions. I was just one of a billion people sending in that first audition, and I had a callback and another callback, and my last callback was for Chuck Jones, who was one of the creators of the, of the Looney Tunes, and um, my first job was... Tiny Tune Adventures. Um, so it was it was pretty surreal just to get that very first job. Um, it's kind of evolved over the years because when I first started working for Warner Brothers and doing the character, um, they would play me reference tapes of Mel Blanc and try to get me to sound as close to Mel Blanc as possible. And after a while, they kind of trusted my instincts, my take on the character, my... Um, I guess my choice is, you know, it's 25 years I've been playing the character now, so they don't play me references anymore. I will tell you this, though. In 25 years, I've had to re-audition four times, which is a little stressful. But, um, you know, you just kind of go with the flow. I don't own the character. Warner Brothers does. So if there's a new producer coming to town who wants to do something with these characters, they do have the uh, the right to hold auditions if they'd like to. And I've been fortunate to have booked it every time. Well, you know, and that was going to be one of my questions, too, you know, because, you know, over the years now, you know, you took over the character and now he's kind of become part of you, part of your life. And and, you know, they trust what you do now auditioning for this over and over again, feeling that, hey, uh, you know, I've been Porky Pig this whole time. I mean, I can only imagine the stress on that now. With the character evolving and being kind of yourself, when you look back and watch, uh, I guess, old tapes of the you know older Looney Tunes adventures as well as the ones you voiced, can you definitely tell a clear, uh, I guess, cut difference between you and Mel? Oh, there, there's a huge difference. He's great, and I'm okay. I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> he 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 is this character. I don't think I sound a thing like Mel, but like I don't think any of us who do the who voice the classic characters, whether it's Disney, Warner Brothers, or Hanna Barbera, any of the other studios, I don't think any of us sound exactly like the originals. There's a lot of of the character, uh, a lot more to the character than just the voice. There's the heart and the and the the, the cadence and the personality of the actor doing it. Um, I try to, you know, uphold the integrity of the character. I don't ever claim to try to sound like Mel Blanc. You know, Mel Blanc's, a lot of Mel Blanc's voices were sped up electronically. Daffy Duck and Sylvester are the exact same voice, but Daffy is sped up. His porky was sped up. Mine is not. So, um, but I will tell you that, you know, any, any good actor is a victim to good writing. If the writing's not there, if it's not on the page, then we've got nothing to do. Uh, I'm doing a show right now called Wabbit, which I think they've used this fall in Boomerang, which is kind of a, it's an homage to the zanier Looney Tunes from the 40s. And it's some of the best writing they've given Porky to do in the 25 years I've played the character. So, um, so that's, uh, that's been really fun. It's just, just to have such really, really good words to, uh, to work on and to, to play with. 
Definitely. You know, and with that, too, you know, with, like you said, you know, the Looney Tunes characters and being able to tell the difference because, you know, they truly do evolve over time, I guess, you know, with that and moving along to many of the other voices you've done and having to sound like other people before we get into original characters and also portraying Luke Skywalker, you know, for Robot Chicken as well as the video games. What's it like trying to portray Luke Skywalker while, uh, you know, Mark Hamill himself also does voice work? Oh, well, yeah, uh, and, and brilliantly. Um, I actually had turned down that audition originally. It was like, it's been almost 20 years, I think, uh, since I first auditioned for that character. I turned it down because I said to my agent, I don't do Mark. <laughs> you know, I can't even come close to Mark. <laughs> and my agent uh, declined the audition. She called me back and she said, they still want to see you. I said, okay. So I walked into the audition and I said, I don't do Mark. And they said, don't do Mark, do Luke. I went, oh, Okay. So I didn't concentrate on sounding like 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 Mark Hamill. I concentrated on portraying Luke Skywalker. Our voices, you know, are, are very similar in in type. Um, so I just concentrated more on the acting and the and the personality of the character rather than the sound alike of the actor who originated the part. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, it is so iconic because Star Wars universe is just as huge as everything else you're part of, from Looney Tunes and you name it. And that's going to bring us to some of the Disney things you've done as well, because you know, uh, some of those are, you know, the smaller characters that are truly the ones that everybody loves, like the Emperor's uh, New School, Emperor's New Groove, you know, playing Bucky the Squirrel and items like that. What is it like doing an entirely different thing, 180 degrees? Well, it's probably my day-to-day, you know, the Porky Pigs and the Luke Skywalkers, and those are the high-profile characters, and a voice actor's day-to-day is creating new. Um, the Emperor's New Groove, uh, that was an interesting uh, chain of events. It was originally a heavy drama called Kingdom of the Sun, and I was working a day on that film playing, I think, slaves, building pyramids and things. And then months later, I got called back, and they said... Uh, it's now become a light comedy called Emperor's New Groove. Okay. <laughs> and they want me to play a squirrel. Oh, well, that's different than a slave. All right. Um, and I go to Disney, and I didn't audition for this. They just knew I could do vocal effects. So um, I'm in, I'm in uh, the soundstage getting ready to record, and the director, Mark Dindle, is telling me that there's a squirrel, and he's got a buddy named Kronk, and Kronk speaks squirrel. And Kronk will say squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak, and the squirrel will say something, and Kronk will translate what the squirrel's saying. And I said, do do you want me to say squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak? And they said, no, we want you to create a language for this squirrel. And I said, okay, can I think about it for a little bit? And they said, sure. So I went outside, and Disney's uh, lot, very park-like, very, um, very green, lots of benches, and I'm sitting on a bench. And um, this little squirrel came down the tree and came up to me and on his hind legs looked at me and he went, I went, thank you. And I went back into the studio and I said to the, I said to the director, he went, that works. So that's pretty much how that character came to be. And as far as how I performed the scenes, I just kind of read Patrick Warburton's uh, uh, translation of what he said the squirrel was saying and I kind of did it gibberish like the squirrel and that that they hired me again for a few more days because they they tested the film and the squirrel tested well so they brought they wrote more stuff for him and then we did a sequel called Kronk's New Groove and then we did three years on the series so um, it was a, just those those tiny little things you never know when they're going to lead to something a little bit more big and it, it's 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 one of my favorite characters to play. 
Well, you know, and it's those little bits too that actually add that that bit of memorable moments for you know all the kids watching in and parents and many of those even like like you said like the Santa Claus films and you know how you portrayed Comet the reindeer. I mean, even little noises like that. Comet is an integral part into all those films as well. And uh, you know, when you look back, does it still amaze you that those films like the Santa Claus are still huge to this day and now holiday staples? It is fun, you know. It's um, I don't think Comet spoke in the first film. I didn't. I just did two and three. Um, but it's very, very cool to uh, to be a part of that. What I loved about that film was that it was done ADR, which which means automated dialogue replacement. You're actually watching the film as you do it. Most cartoons are done just the opposite. You record the voices first. So I was able to look at the character's eyes and the, the animatronic look of the character as I recorded, you know, Comet's comments and his uh, personality, you know, and, and the visual helped an awful lot. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I would love, I think they need to do a Santa Claus 4, just saying. Now, you know, in working in this career, you know, there's so many different things from doing, uh, you know, animal voices and background stuff. There's also things that you've been part of as well, you know, which is part of doing loops. And for anybody who's not familiar with voice work, what is, you know, getting in on a loop session? Uh, well, looping is basically, and it, and it really just depends. Um, sometimes it can be everything from ambiance, background noises, to actually replacing a, an entire character's voice. Uh, for the features, for the animated features that we do, most of these producers are getting smart, and they're not bringing us in at the end to do it as an ensemble. They're bringing us in throughout the project. So it takes about two to five years, depending on the budget of an animated feature, to get it done. So uh, I just worked on a film for DreamWorks that I can't mention, um, where they brought us a group of us in very early on in the production to create these new characters where in the old days they would have you just be in a loop group just doing ambiance, but now they're getting smart because they know that they can get more creative performances out of us by doing it early. Um, it's fun. I mean, they hire celebrities to do you know, the leads and they hire us utility players who can do multiple voices per scene to just basically fill in the blanks. It's, to me, more fun because you get to play more variety. Uh, you get to, you know, kind of uh, play with the muscles and your voice and your vocal range and do what we love to do, which is to create. Well, you know, and with that, too, like you said, you get to create, be, you know, be creative, have fun with it. And, of course, with that, you know, in being creative and many of those items as well, you know, you're also an instructor as well. And you teach, you know, animation voiceover workshops and many other things. Uh, what got you into wanting to, you know, pass on the knowledge to the next generation of voice artists? Well, that's a very good question. It's something I never actually wanted to do. Um, I was doing a play uh, years ago. Like 30 years ago, I was doing a play, and in my bio it said that I was a voiceover actor. And this guy came to my dressing room afterwards and said, I'm opening up an acting school. Would you like to teach uh, a cartoon voiceover class? And I said, not really, but thank you for asking. And then I got a call from SAG, from the Screen Actors Guild. They have a thing called the SAG Conservatory, and somebody had recommended I teach uh, a, a class for that. And I said to them, what do, you, what, do you, what do you pay your teachers? And they said, nothing. It's a volunteer thing. And I said, what do the actors pay? And they said, 10 bucks a year. And they get a variety of classes. And I thought, great. If I suck at this, I won't feel guilty about taking money. So <laughs> I, did, I did that for about a year. And I found I enjoyed it. And I was very good at it. And then I called this guy up who had the school. And I said, listen, if you're still interested, I'll, I'll teach for you. And I taught for him for about a year. 
And then after two years of that, I went on my own. So um, I kind of fell into it, but I found that I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's it's just very gratifying to be able to, you know, pay it forward. And with that, too, being able to, as you said, pay it forward and kind of, you know, pass down many things like that. Um, you know, do you ever get those uh, those students who, you know, they come in and they think they got it. And then, you know, you speak with them and, you know, they realize there is a lot more to this. And it's, uh, you know, it takes a lot more technique and training on my part. Almost every class, you know, everyone comes in saying, I can do a funny voices. I can do a great Mickey Mouse. I got a, I got a MP3 today from somebody who says he does a great Mickey Mouse. Well, they don't need Mickey Mouse. They need original mouse. They need something that's never been done. You know, just because I was able to force them to take over a classic character doesn't mean that that's a career path. Um, and the bottom line is it's acting. And most people who are listening to this have got to understand you've got to study acting and improv first, become the world's greatest actor, and then you study voiceover. Because without acting technique under your belt, you're just going to be spinning your wheels at the mic. You've got to make those words come to life, and that's what a good actor does. Definitely. you know, And like you said, too, you know, with this, you know, it is acting, first and foremost. And with that, I guess, looking back uh, you know, at your career, too, you do a lot of commercials as well. And with voiceover work and you know, that kind of thing, there is so many different levels. Am I correct as you know, kind of the everyday voice or the announcer voice or the character voice? Um, are there all these different facets? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, voiceover, if you want longevity in this industry, you've got to be diverse. So, you know, my high-profile stuff is animation and, you know, the you know, Porky Pig, those characters that I play. My day-to-day is commercials, promos, narration, radio imaging, the stuff that doesn't have uh, any credits, that nobody knows who you are. But that's the day-to-day for a voiceover artist. You know, it's, it's the more diverse you are, the more bookable you are. Now, I guess with that, you know, uh, I guess, you know, you can't give too many things out on the horizon. But do you have anything currently in the works that will be able to hear your voice or, you know, whether that's animated or current commercials that are airing or things like that where people can hear many of your different, you know, your techniques and your voice work? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've got, and I can't even think of any of the commercials i got right now. I've got a bunch of them. Um, Solar City, I do a campaign for them. Um, Animation-wise, Wabbit comes out this fall. I can't talk about the DreamWorks cartoon because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Um, I just did, uh, uh, gosh, Kung Fu Panda game where I'm, I'm a baby panda. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, the nice thing about this industry is it's never boring. It's never, um, it's never mundane. You're always doing something different. Definitely. You know, and like you said, it is always different, always changing, you know, and you've had the pleasure of working on so many different, you know, classics, like I said, from Porky Pig to The Emperor's New Groove, all the way through, you know, doing different voice, you know, voice work in the background for Gremlins, Total Recall, Army of Darkness. I mean, a lot of great things. Now, looking back at your career, is there one project to this day that it was just one of those times where it was either the funniest to work on or the most unique um, where you look back to this day and you're like, that's going to be my memoirs. I'm never going to forget that one event. Oh, my goodness. Well, Gremlins was one of them because it was one of my first big jobs. You know, just to work on a Steven Spielberg movie was pretty cool. Um, I did the animated version of Frackle Rock a million years ago. And just to have been <laughs> able to do something for the Henson Company while Jim was still around was pretty darn awesome. It was one of the nicest groups of actors, of writers. It was just a really terrific ensemble um, that, you know, all of us who were a part of that really look back tremendously with uh, fond memories. Um, For me, actually, anytime I get a chance to work, 
Well, I'll tell you something that happened recently. About two weeks ago, I was there's a show called uh, Bugs Bunny at the Symphony, and they were playing at the Hollywood Bowl, and I was fortunate enough to have them. They asked me to come on stage and uh, do a tribute to Mel Blanc. So that was pretty darn cool. When you're a voice actor, you don't expect to appear in front of 17,000 people at the Hollywood Bowl. So I, I, and I taught I taught the audience how to do Porky Pig. That was really cool. Now, I guess with that, too, like you said, that's that's one of those uh, events that you really don't get a chance to, you know, have too often, being in front of all these people, doing your, you know, what you do for a living, what you have perfected over the years. And with that, you know, speaking of perfection and doing this in front of people, are there ever times when you're in the studio and you just cannot get the line for the life of you? Sure. That's because that's because we're human, and fortunately, it's not a live broadcast. Um, you know, the the thing about Porky is while he's stuttering, he, I'm thinking of an ad lib. So, um, you know, if 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 the line is, "Hey Daffy, where did you get that dog?" I might say, "Daffy, where did you get that the dog with the dog Chihuahua?" So I'm thinking of an ad lib or something interesting to say to you know for the joke. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll start stuttering, and nothing comes to me, so I'll just keep stuttering, and I'll be like, guys, I'm stuck. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're human beings. Sometimes that, uh, sometimes you get the giggles. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of being creative. It's part of showbiz. Well, you know, we know you're busy, and there's so many different things we could talk about, but for anybody that is up and coming who wants to, you know, kind of break into the business or really has a, an infinity and a love for voice work, is there any words of wisdom you'd like to, you know, put out there for them? Sure. Uh, again, study acting, study improv. Don't just take a couple of classes and say, I'm now an actor. You want technique. You want something solid to uh, to draw upon. And then study uh, study voiceover. If animation is your thing, you got to be in L.A. And you should study in L.A. because this is where the industry is. The, there is less than 20 voiceover agents in Los Angeles. They hold auditions every day because they always need new talent, but the cream floats to the top. They want brilliant talent. It's not about how many voices you can do. It's about what you do with those words, how you make those words come to life. So if you want it badly enough, you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And uh, this means a lot of a lot of risk. You're going to have to move sometimes to where the business is for animation is Los Angeles. You're going to have to invest in your career, study, reinvest in your career, have lots of survival and day jobs, never rely on acting for your income. And if you can think of anything else you'd rather do that gives you more pleasure, do it because it's not an easy business. Words of wisdom to live by. Now, you know, thank you once again, you know, stopping in. I mean, so many different things from, you know, being nominated for Annie Awards and Emmy Awards and so many different films you've been part of. That's been part of many people's lives. And I've passed it on to all four of my kids and they've grown up seeing all of your work as well, I guess. With that and as we're heading out here, is there any final words, uh, I guess, you'd like to say to your fans, not people breaking into the business, but fans of all your work you've done or, you know, roles that you've played in people's lives? Because many times these little nuggets in animation history or television commercials, they put us back in a place and a time that stay with us forever. Is there anything you'd like to leave out there for all your fans? Pretty much just thank you. Yeah, I go to a lot of fan conventions and, you know, I'll have different people come up who appreciate different things. You know, some are just Looney Tunes fans. Some are fans of, of Robot Chicken. Some are fans of anime that I've done. Um, Old movies like Akira or, you know, Spirited Away that, you know, touched people. And um, they're always so nice. They're always so respectful. And 
I don't take any of it for granted. So anybody who's standing in line at a fan convention who's nervous about talking to me, come right up and give me a hug. I, I love meeting the people and really appreciate the fact that, you know, when you're hiding behind a mic in a studio, you you take it for granted that, hey, this is how I make my living, but you forget that you actually touch people's lives. And it's all of us. I can tell you, everybody I know in this business, from you know from the Jim Cummings to the Bill Farmers to Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, we are nowhere without our writers and our fans. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you on there. I mean, you know, like I said, a resume that speaks for itself, a legacy that's going to be going on forever. It was our pleasure having you stop in, Bob, chat with us, take this time out of your busy schedule. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing more of you in the future and passing that on with my kids. Bob, my pleasure, my friend. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC-82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome once again to a place where a perfect world begins and ends with you, me, a Disney film, right down here in the vault. It has been a long time since we've gotten together, and that's okay. Do you know why? Because that gave you plenty of time to check out a lot of what's in the Disney canon for you to enjoy in a Blu-ray extravaganza. But I'm back to give you more, because that's what we do down here at Disney On Demand. You know, sometimes Disney movies fall into two categories. One, those high moments that are unforgettable. Peter Pan, Cinderella, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, the list can go on and on. And of course, my list would vary from yours. However, there have been many times in which Disney has ebbed and flowed. We've gotten those high points. We've also gotten what many would consider low points. However, what's low to me is not so low to everybody else, and those dark times may include films like The Black Cauldron, which is one of my favorites, Meet the Robinsons and Home on the Range, again, two of which are my favorites, and of course during one point in time when the Disney classics were so high and mighty, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Hunchback, and then we started getting into movies that hit some snags and stories that changed and made differences and well I think after watching far after the time in which they're created you get a better sense of what a fun film they are so today I'm bringing out of the vault to you a fun little ditty called the Emperor's New Groove <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I'm sure Paige is going to steal my thunder in a lot of discussion in regards to the fine music that is in this film. And I'll discuss my version of it later in it because we're going to get into the movie itself. But this film originally spawned from the music of Sting and, well, let's just say that version may have been a winner, a 10-star winner in my book, whereas right now we're at about an 8. So what does a man who has it all have to offer to the world? Well, Cusco can only tell you one thing, and that's himself. Emperor Cusco, the Incan emperor who saw nothing more than himself, thought that the world literally revolved around him. So too did the emperor's fine adversary, Yzma, played so connivingly and brilliantly by the late and dear Eartha Kitt. So what is an emperor to do in order to gain favor in the world in which he lives? Well, of course, create everything in his image. But he doesn't understand exactly what goes on beyond the walls. And so while Yzma and Cusco fight over who's to be emperor, Yzma transforms Cusco into a llama. Yes, a llama. Big, woolly, large neck. Can't miss him. Also, the wool's great for South American and Incan clothing. Thus, the idea of the emperor's new clothes, not necessarily the emperor's new groove. So David Spade, I mean Emperor Cusco, now in llama form, must find his way back to the palace to transform back into himself, but only after he understands exactly what a perfect world really means. And in that time, we meet Pacha, a soon-to-be best friend to the emperor who doesn't exactly quite understand who he is. Yzma and Kronk, played by Patrick Walburton, or as most of us know him as Putty, or us D-heads all know him as your friendly flying attendant in Soren, try every means possible to make sure that Cusco never makes it back. And in a bizarre, diabolical ending, it's not only the Emperor who finds his new groove, but Yzma finds her own way back to the palace in a very fluffy way. And Cusco and Pacha make it back to their own special place in a perfect world where all of the inhabitants of Cusco's empire can live under one sun. I make mention to certain things like sun and the empire and things like that during this film only because, again, the original intent to this film was the emperor of the sun. And in similar fashion of classics past, following in the vein of Elton John and Phil Collins, Disney invited the work of Sting to create a movie based on his type of music. How perfect would a movie be like that? And there is a documentary that exactly goes through every bit of the process that Sting went through. And only just a small fraction of that collaboration still exists in the movie today. But I'm sure that the movie that was originally intended would have just been as delightful as the one we received today. Now this marks the 40th animated release from the Disney canon. And it falls very well into where we were in modern history. Is it considered the best film? No. But with Patrick Walburton, Eartha Kitt, David Spade, and of course John Goodman, and the incomparable Tom Jones, you can't go wrong. 
It is a laugh out loud film, which I think everyone deserves every once in a while. Yes, some of the sight gags and some of the jokes are very dated and probably won't hold up later in life. But for those of us who lived during this time, it is a great harken back to, dare I say, Saturday morning cartoons in a long form. In the recent incarnation of the Blu-ray for The Emperor's New Groove also came with its direct-to-DVD sequel, Kronk's New Groove, as well. Great way to add to your library if you hadn't seen it. It is a fun and interesting sequel, taking the idea of what happens later from Kronk and Yzma's side as the Emperor has finally gotten his new groove. The unfortunate thing of when you receive it is you get these great films in Blu-ray, but any of the added features that you get are only on the DVD copy. Things that you receive, of course, are the production featurettes, the behind-the-scenes material and deleted scenes, as well as the audio commentary, all on the DVD side, so you don't get to see the crispness and wonderful adaptation in Blu-ray with the added features to it. Sure, it saves disc space, but you know what? It would have been great to have added added commentary on the Blu-ray as opposed to going back to the DVD. Not to say one's better than the other, it just would have been great to have one combined way. And I know that's the way that the newer DVDs and Blu-ray combos have been going. And soon we may see that change. But until then, this is what you would receive if you're popping this in your Blu-ray player today. So I'm going to file this one under the sun. Well, not directly under the sun, because then it's going to melt and it's going to get ugly down here. But anyway, you know what I mean. And we're going to bring you something back next week to pop in your Blu-ray player to enjoy down here on the vault. So until then, gang, next time, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always on top of an Incan temple and deep inside of you. Once, he was an emperor on the throne. Boom, baby! Now, a toast. He's a llama on the land. <laughs> yeah, weird. Walt Disney Pictures presents an epic story of courage. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! Friendship. Just gonna have to trust me. And learning to stand on your own four feet. Woo, yeah! You just saved my life. The Emperor's New Groove, rated G. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. In theaters December 15th. Hey there, D-Heads! Paige here, back after summer break with an all-new Magical Music Review. The team and I are very excited to get back with all of you. Jonathan has Bob Bergen, the voice of Bucky the Squirrel, among other things, in the studios today, and we're going to look at what is, in my opinion, the most underrated Walt Disney animation film from the early 2000s, The Emperor's New Groove. Released in 2000, Cusco, Pacha, Yzma, and Kronk continue to make audiences laugh. With a score by Disney vet John Debney and songs written by singer-songwriter Sting, there is a lot to enjoy from the soundtrack. A bit of Disney trivia for all of you, John Debney is the son of Disney Studios producer Louis Debney, whose credits include Zorro and the Mickey Mouse Club. John's Disney credits include Chicken Little, The Princess Diaries movies, and music arrangements that can be heard throughout the different civilians in Epcot. And now, onto the music. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the music of Walt Disney Animation's 40th film, The Emperor's New Groove. Today, we start at the end of the movie. Sting was brought onto the film when it was originally titled Kingdom of the Sun. 
when the storyline of the original film was dropped along with his original songs and New Groove became the picture, Sting was asked to write a beginning and an ending song. My Funny Friend and Me became that end song. Coming in on the credits, it is a ballad. Our prominent instruments are synthesizers, guitar, piano, and percussion. The lyrics tell the story of two friends, with one recalling their adventure together to the other. As the picture is what it can be referenced to as a buddy comedy, I would say this is a buddy song. Sting performed this song for the film and soundtrack, and the song was nominated for an Academy Award. A soft lyrical song, just close your eyes and listen to the words. Look like you and I. That 
It wouldn't be a magical music review without some score. One of the most memorable scenes of the movie is Cusco in the jungle and Pacha's brave rescue attempt. The jungle rescue has a full orchestra to back it. From the very beginning of this piece, there's energy, mystery, and tension. You don't have to know the scene to know there's danger nearby. There is, of course, the lighter section when Bucky the Squirrel is first introduced to the audience, but due to Cusco's attitude, it quickly reverts back to the original mood. Urgency comes into the feeling as the piece continues into the chase. Pacho's rescue is announced with the sound of a triumphant fanfare, no matter how short-lived it is. From there, the energy of the sound carries through the rest of the unfortunate scene for our characters. And now, I stop talking for you to sit back and picture the scene unfolding.
end today, we have our opening number. Cusco is the definition of drama and vanity. Perfect World is sung by his theme song guy, Tom Jones. Beginning with lots of brass, piano, percussion, it perfectly cues up our young emperor's grand entrance. Mr. Jones sings Sting's lyrics with a richness, giving the words a rhythm you can dance to. It matches the instrumentation and makes it one of the most energetic and exciting opening numbers in the Disney Music Library. It gives Cusco his groove and literally announces his entrance. Okay, time for you to enjoy this music with me. And dictators, political manipulators There are bluebirds with the intellects of fleas There are kings and petty tyrants Who are so lacking in refinements Maybe better see this ringing from a tree He was born and raised to rule No one has ever been as cruel In a thousand years of aristocracy An enigma and a mystery Mesoamerican history, the quintessence of perfection that is he. He's the Savalot of the nation, he's the hippest dude in creation. He's a hip cat in the emperor's new clothes. He's of such selected reading, generations have been leading to this miracle of life that we all know. What's his name? Captain Creation He's the Alpha, the Omega, A to Z And this perfect world with them Around his every little whim Cause this perfect world begins and ends with What's his name? Cusco! Now you threw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Almost done. And with that, the first magical music review after the summer hiatus is at a close. I've got lots lined up for the rest of this year, from new Legacy Collection releases, to the Diz Radio Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, to my favorite time of year, Christmas. If you have any music requests, suggestions, or questions, feel free to connect with me on the Diz Radio D-Wire on Facebook, or at page at DizRadio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at DizRadio.com. I'll see you all back again next time. Until then, D-Heads, see ya! You were saying? What's his name? Cusco! Hello, I'm 
Matt Asner, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, so I am back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Lots of fun on the horizon. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the one and only talented Bob Bergen for stopping in here at the show. Thank you for stopping in, taking that trip down memory lane, just how you broke into this industry and giving those tips for anybody aspiring to be a voice actor, up and coming, and many other things. We hear your voices, Porky Pig, Luke Skywalker, and so much more. And it was a pleasure having you stop in. I look forward to hearing more of you in the future. So thank you, Bob, once again for taking the time and stopping in here at the show. In addition, I'd like to thank the D team of Aaron, Paige, Jason, Nathan, and Caitlin, all for stopping in here as well. Without the D team and their signature segments, you'd have nothing else but to listen to me ramble on week in and week out. So thank you, D team, for stopping in with your signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D team on our official website at dizradio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. Drop them an email. They don't bite. And definitely get to know them. They love to chat with all of you D-heads out there. And finally, most of all, thank you the D-heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we are going on five years of this show. You are the reason we continue to bring these special guests to you and take you down that trip of your lifetime of Disney. So thank you the D-heads for tuning in and making the show what it is. So all VD heads, with that said, before I let you go, clue you in a little bit as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at dizradio.com. D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all the social media outlets on, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com. And remember to subscribe and get the latest shows right there in your newsfeed on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or even Disney On Demand, all of which will help you find our glorious show where you can subscribe and get the latest right there on your mobile device. So, all VD heads, with that said, we're going to go up, up, and away next week here at the show for show number 116. I'm not going to give you too many clues. Let's just say we're going to go up in the clouds. We're going to have some fun, and and we might even have a short attention span. See if you can uh, piece together the elements and figure out who we're going to have next week here at the show. So until then, all VD heads, as I always say, take some time, slow down on this extended weekend, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all VD heads, I'll catch you online, and uh, have a fantastic Labor Day weekend. Oh, Roger with my name. Believe me, it's no strain. It feels so great to start to play the look there is no pain.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.